Hey, what's going on, good people? Welcome back to the Black Codes Podcast. I am your co-host, Donald Robinson, here with the spicy Savannah <laughs> Bryant. Hi. I hope you're feeling well today as we enter the fall and get into what people really seem to love is that fall weather from oversized jackets mm-hmm. to pumpkin spice uh. <laughs> to those fall runs soccer, football, maybe. You named, you started out great and then just started naming stuff I don't care about at all. I'm looking forward to the fall for hot toddies, my, one of my favorite things ever. Um, the summer, even though like my birthday's in August, I'm a summer baby. I'm very proud to be a Leo, but, and I like the summer vibe. I like going out and day drinking and all of that, but the heat is just not really my thing like i my general like fashion sense isn't conducive to summertime weather so i'm ready for this to be over with and moving into like steady you know mid to low 70s even like a high 60 i'm cool with honestly you fall people get on my nerves because this is another example of why Savannah is much classier than I am. I am basic. I'm actually drinking this whiskey mule, which is like whiskey with ginger beer. It's ginger beer with whiskey, actually, and it's really good. And it's, again, expanding my palate from the Sam Adams of the world. <laughs> but when we talk about fall, I'm basic in the sense that I like summer. Because I can just wear a t-shirt and shorts, and I can get away with anything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, everybody has to dress to be warm. I mean, dress to be cool. So it's hard to be that fashionable in the summer. But in the fall, that's when all you people thrive. (laughs) You have all your nice scarves, the boots with the jeans, or the right t-shirts, and the sweaters, and the cardigans, and Mm -hmm. the cool hats and jackets. And you get people like me who are going to just slap on a pair of Levi's and some athletic shoes and, like, a polo on a good day, and we're going to hit the town. (laughs) Oh, I know, Donald. Yo, like, I have no idea what you want to do for the big birthday that's approaching. I don't want to say your age again. I guess I don't want to call you out. But if you plan on doing, like, anything fancy or cool or going to, like, a really nice dinner, please call me when you're doing your, like, birthday shopping, and I will help you. And I will get you, like, I will get you together. I could be wrong. There were two people that I was talking to. This was November 2018. This is, remember the ex that I was dating when I opened the gym? Sure. Her mom's birthday, I went shopping. Were we on the phone? Oh, yes. (laughs) Oh, my God. I know to call you. (laughs) I forgot all about that. That is so funny. So, yeah, you know that you could call me and I'll help you out. (laughs) So, a little backstory without giving you all too much backstory. There was a woman uh, who I was, who I ended up dating going into the beginning of 2019 and as part of this grand gesture of trying to further woo her I was in, her mother invited me to her birthday party and I was like yo I need to dress 
to the nines mm-hmm. when I go to this party because I think I'm going to make my big move at this party. Mm-hmm. And so I call Savannah and I called another friend. And I'm in like, what was it, Marshalls or something? Mm-hmm. And I'm story. like trying to get c- consoled through, I'm sorry, consulted through finding the right outfit. And I found a really good shirt. Yeah. Like that shirt is still one of my favorite shirts. It's so comfortable and it's just a great look. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, these fall people, ugh. That is, like, that kind of shopping is such a struggle for me. It's (laughs) such a struggle. But today, it is almost the fall, but thinking about what to do today as after we get done shooting this, I am looking forward to our favorite restaurant here in Baltimore, Simply Marie's. I only ever go to this place when you're in town. It's just kind of like something that we do now when you come through. Um... But yeah, it's this cool little breakfast spot. They're only open like in the morning. They close around one or two. I think it just depends on the mood. Um, Marie is an older black woman. She's had that spot for, I think, honestly, decades. Mm -hmm. Her son works in the front. The food is really good. I've purchased the same exact thing every single time we've gone to the restaurant. Um, I think I have two, actually. Donald has as well, except the shit that Donald gets gives him the itis immediately. (laughs) So we have to do that after we do work now. We learned that the hard way, I think, last time. (laughs) Yeah, last time we shot, I always get, like, a pancake meal. Like, I have a serious obsession with pancakes. And anywhere I go, I look for pancakes in small diners. And the last time we shot... We went there in the morning. It was like late morning, like brunch mm-hmm. time. Came back. I ate. And I'm like, yo, we should shoot, yeah. And then I just got drowsy. I sat on the couch. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to need like 70 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm looking forward to going uh, there today. Now, as we go into the fall, there's a very big event that happens in the fall. And we've been talking about this. And that is the election. And every four years, our nation threatens to split in half and burn up (laughs) as we go ahead and make our national elections. Yeah. And so today we want to share with you a fun look at political philosophy Mm -hmm. in helping you understand how the United States functions. Because as we mentioned before, not every one of you paid attention in civics class. (laughs) And even if you did your civics teacher and or the actual class itself could have been questionable for sure and i doubt you've retained this information we're about to share but i think it's really important because i mean when this country that we know of as the united states was founded you know they kind of laid everything out things are in the constitution there are laws and um you know these all this legislation is available to us like to fought, to learn how this country was formed, how it's supposed to be ran and operated, what are our roles as citizens, what are the roles of the representatives. I think all of that is really important to know when you're when you're thinking about voting because like I said before in the voting episode, we aren't we shouldn't only think about uh you know, the people that govern us, like the president and the Senate and the the House of Reps, like Congress, only when it's time to vote. Like, we should know who these people are, 
what they're doing, even in the off season, even when it's not election time, especially because during election time, they pull out all the stops to try to pander to people to get their <laughs> votes. Most of that is fluff, and a lot of it probably won't end up ever coming into fruition, or it'll take a, a long time. So really understanding like all the levels and layers of how this shit is supposed to run, I think is really important. That piece about pandering just made... You know, two points popping in my head. Fucking Hillary Clinton on the breakfast club. Oh my when god, she the hot sauce hot in the sauce. bag. Or, but even on the point when people like edit their platform to appeal oh, to yeah. more people, and it's like you weren't feeling this way for all these other you years. Definitely were not. And now that you're trying to get a bigger part of the vote, now you want to feel this way. And I, I think about like Joe Biden trying to do more like smart or green things to appeal to like the Elizabeth Warren followers who are right. like really intelligent people because she's actually one of the smartest politicians that we have mm-hmm. or like something that's more radical to get the bernie bros to like go on his side but like meanwhile his platform was never that and it's like oh well i've heard people say like well his, his platform is more progressive now because like he just said he's going to add this extra thing that he decided to add as a way to try to get bernie supporters votes and it's like yeah. he wasn't feeling this way before yeah at all pandering <laughs> But um, yeah, as we look at you know this sense of how America's politics work from the national level and you know how it actually works even to the local level mm-hmm. and understanding you know how you play a role as well as how things are going to operate so that you can have a better understanding of what you should be actually trying to do and study with your politics. For sure, um, yeah. So basically. There are different types of government. They're different. Um, they're all different styles. There's like monarchies, oligarchies, totalitarian. There's another one I'm forgetting. Not democracy, but there uh, is another one. Yeah, that. Oligarchies, all um, that. There are several varying forms of how government can be ran. So you can have a king. You can have a dictator. You can have an oligarchy, which is the small group, but I think when they say that, it tends to be, is that the one that tends to, they're really talking about like the military runs? Um, no, I think military groups are more autocracies. Okay. Or in totalitarians, mm-hmm. which tend to be like more military style dictators. Mm-hmm. Oligarchies, much closer to like really rich, powerful people. Word. So this country, is a democracy which basically means the whole population or like um, elected officials choose the governing legislation but within that we are a republic and a federation and i don't think people really know that yeah like even when they um do the pledge of allegiance they mm-hmm. talk about the republic and mm-hmm. i think that gets overlooked i don't remember actually being taught sternly that this is a republic because exactly. that's a very big deal with what people think of as democracy versus what it actually is yeah so the u.s apparently is the oldest surviving federation which is which is basically just like a group of states. When I think of Federation, I always think of Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just like a group of states with a central governing body, but they are able to move independently. Like the states themselves are able to move independently within their borders. 
And uh, yeah, so we have a federal republic and that was done specifically to limit the powers of the central government, i.e. like the federal legislation. We, they didn't want one, you know, group of people to hold all of the power. So varying parties, varying um, spots in our government with like the three branches, just the power is broken up and divided to quote unquote ensure everyone's voice and rights and concerns are being considered. And it actually, in theory, is a pretty good setup to allow individual voices to Mm -hmm. hold a lot more weight uh, broadly. And, you know, really want to stress that the U.S. was founding, was very big on the state's individual abilities to enact legislature. Yeah, for sure. And you see that with... Um, so there are, diff- there are two different types of actual democracy. There is direct democ- democracy where citizens vote for laws directly. I think like kind of the first forms of this, what you hear a lot about is like ancient Greece. And during that time, it still was only free male citizens were able to participate in Often this. Often landowning. Mm-hmm. But they, yeah, exactly. But they would get together, things would get brought to the floor, they would talk about it, they would yell, they would argue, the niggas would fight, they were doing all types of stuff, and things would get passed. And that's how they created, you know, their laws. And the people that wrote the Constitution, they didn't really fuck with the direct democracy idea because they thought, which is really funny to me when you think about it, their, kind of their main issue being this idea of like, the tyranny or tyranny of the majority so like the majority of the population or the citizens that can vote might outweigh the minority voice and the minority voice is never heard so it's but it's kind of like but that's how we're living anyway (laughs) it's so funny when you read stuff about the forefathers and as corrupt as they were with the slave holdings and genocide some of these political philosophies they had are actually really good on paper. They're great on paper. Um, so what we actually live by is a constitutional representative democracy. So we, the citizens, elect um, our representative. We elect our officials. And the in our country in particular, the reps and the senators are the ones that are making laws. And uh, so we just don't have direct access to the lawmaking. However, there are several states that do have several varying degrees of direct democracy. Um, You should look into it. There's only, I want to say there's only like five or six states that don't have any form of direct democracy. So, so an example of that would be like recall. Like citizens can uh, kind of, not protest, but they can go through a process to have an elected official removed before their term is complete, but that doesn't happen so often. There's not a lot of states. I, I think it's like eight states that allow that to all degrees. Some will only allow that on like the local level or the state level. Obviously, you can't do that as a president. Like that is Congress that does the impeachment process or whatever. We can sign and say, y'all have to get this nigga out of here. But it's still up to kind of, you know, Congress to really move forward with that process. 
Um, another one that I think we see happening a lot is this veto referendum. So anytime a new law is presented and individual, an individual or a group wants to oppose that law, they gather not enough sig- signatures at, um, there's like a deadline and it gets added to the ballot and then voters can decide whether they want to uphold or reject that law. And that's only two of, I think, like six different styles of direct democracy in the U.S. But those kind of situations were a lot when when people are doing signatures or people, they like sign this so we can make that move. It's not just people being annoying. Like you do, they put these, you need 50,000 people to sign this before we even like consider adding this or changing it or appealing it or even really hearing out what you have to say. Mm -hmm. That's why those are so important. That is um, one of the main ways that we have direct democracy. We are like directly involved with the lawmaking process. I remember actually on different ballots, now that you mentioned that, where like I'll vote and then I'll see at the end of it, they're actually asking for my vote about very specific bills and laws. And I always wondered when I was younger, like, wait, why is that on there? Like, that's interesting. I thought I only was supposed to vote for the person. Right. Oh, I can vote on this thing about... Ooh, excuse me, this thing about the environment or this thing about a very particular law, that whatever abstract thing. And I thought that was really interesting. Sorry, the ginger beer is like getting to me. Yeah, so I bought this four pack of like pre-made cocktail. They were like cocktails in a can. Um, I got a pack of whiskey mules and I was drinking them yesterday and I had one more and Donald is drinking it. There's ginger beer in it, and the ginger is really strong. So it just anytime you drink it, it's like like a a hiccup, but not really. You know, like you just kind of gasp for air because the the flavor is so strong. I actually, after all that shit that I talked about, your black is beautiful beer poured one, but I have yet to drink it because I'm afraid. Savannah does not like the coffee flavor, really no. heavy stouts. But I didn't prepare, um, like I didn't get more alcohol last night. Like I just wasn't even thinking about it. And now it's Sunday morning and I would have to like leave my neighborhood to go and do that. And And I just don't feel like doing all that. Oh, but to ride this wave, last night we went out to this place and I got an old fashioned. I forget what you got. I think I just got a Jack and Coke. Yeah, you did get a Jack and Coke. And because of the whole COVID thing... It's like no one wants to do dishes anymore. <laughs> like, I don't know if they laid off the dishwasher or no one wants to wash dishes because you're just going to get the coronavirus, like, washing dishes. So they served me an old-fashioned in a plastic cup, like a clear plastic cup, and it made me almost not drink it. Honestly, I should have told you to not even order an Old Fashioned from there. I love that bar. It's one of my favorite spots to go. They have really great chicken wings that I love to eat. Um, But that's just not a place I would ever order an Old Fashioned, (laughs) honestly. And yeah, that happened to me, um, I think last week I was at this other bar that's like a craft cocktail bar. Got a really nice uh, cocktail. It had the little dried out citrus on top, but it, it came in a plastic cup as well. 
And it definitely takes away from the aesthetic. Like one of the things about getting those type of cocktails is the way that it's presented. And when you throw it in a plastic cup, it loses all of that. It literally makes it almost not taste as good. Yeah. You like, I, you don't realize how much you appreciate having the nice glass with the big block of ice in there, mm-hmm. the little straw, and you know, just it looks classy. And you don't realize how much that actually makes the drink feel, taste, and seem better until you see it served like you just made it at home inside of Plastica. Yeah, it's definitely all about uh, the experience. Like, it's a whole thing. So it was disappointing, but that's kind of where we're at for a lot of places right now. A lot of places are stripped down to the bone, but Mm -hmm. looking at experience, let's look at the experience of the American government and one experience that I really hope you got in civics class, and that's understanding the three branches of government. (laughs) Yeah, so the executive branch, we know it's the president, and he appoints his like gang of cabinet members, and they do what the fuck they do. Emphasis on gang, because like he does pick those people, especially this current, (laughs) this current uh, executive administration. It's uh, it's the wild, wild west. What's the definition of cronyism? Because like you get to just pick your cabinet. If I'm not mistaken. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you get to pick your captain. Yeah, and several people, like, just around him, just the fact that so many people around him, like, closely related to him are coming out and saying, yo, I was here when we were getting off this, this, and this. (laughs) And he is still, and he still has, like, tons of supporters, and it just, it honestly blows my mind. But I don't want to talk about that man right now. Um, The legislative you know, branch, I think might be the most confused. It's like it has the most kind of layers. It has the most people. So I kind of want to focus on that. Even the judicial branch, like the the Supreme Court, we don't vote for those people. They're appointed by the president. Um, yeah, so the legislative branch, which we know as Congress, they are the people that create our federal laws, Um, And they do, obviously, they do stuff in their own states as well. But we're kind of just talking about on the federal level, you know, like the whole governing country, the governing body of the whole country. So so senators, there there are 100 senators. Each state gets two. In an attempt to have everything be equal, and like I said earlier, this distribution of power... The House of Representatives has 435, I think they have like 300 or 435, I think it's 438 now because of like some territories. Um, Those numbers are based upon the state's actual population. So everyone gets an equal amount of members in the Senate. And then based on your state's population will dictate how many representatives you get, which is again fair it works and it makes sense why should rhode island i don't know the population of rhode island but i know that it's much smaller than the population of california california is going to have a different set of issues because it has to govern so many people and so when they are taking things to the state level they should probably get more of a voice than rhode island because rhode island is governing a very small amount 
of people, you know? Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah, and it's fair until you find gerrymandering, which is something you should totally look at. Because while it's based on population, mm-hmm. think about how you have to find the population densities of certain mm-hmm. parts of your state. Mm-hmm. And in cities, it can get ugly with how they draw the lines of where state reps represent from this street to that street and all of the little scandals that have gone on to be able to keep certain types of voters having majority sway in certain areas of these cities and counties so that they can get their desired elected official as a state rep. Yeah, and when you think about a place like New York, where New York City has a crazy population, if you remove New York City out of New York, I don't know that you get so many representatives, you know? And yeah. even even a place like Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania's fucking huge. Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, Philadelphia especially, like they're very large cities. They have a high population. Maybe State College, you know, has some type of population, but not to the degrees of like Pittsburgh and Philly. And so most most of that population, like Pennsylvania's population is coming out, like the large numbers are coming out of these cities. So it is interesting when you think about when you think about just like the line when you get into like district lines and zoning oh gosh, and all ugly. of that yeah it's crazy um something that i wanted to mention about the house because i think it's really really important so during the constitutional convention which is when you know the they were trying to get the constitution together it was like a several day process in philly and quote unquote, some of the founding fathers, all the people that wrote the Constitution, they were there. Representatives from the states at the time um, came up with this constitutional convention to create the Constitution that the country, that the new country is going, you know, like the law, law of the land. And so when it came to figuring out what to do with the slave population, Southerners wanted to count um, all the black people enslaved as part of the population. They wanted everyone to be counted as one. The North didn't want to count them at all. The North only wanted to count free people, free black people included, but only um, free people. They end up compromising, and that's where we get this three-fifths. It's not that, like, you, your, well... Let me be clear. They didn't think that we, they didn't treat us like humans at all, only when it served a purpose for them. <laughs> that is just like first and foremost. But this three fifths is like every three out of five people are counted towards the population. And that helps the South out This because there's large, uh, there's a large slavery population, especially during that time. Slaves almost outnumbered like white people in some of these states. When you think about like a plantation, someone might have a husband, a wife, their kids, and then like a hundred slaves on their property, you know, like they are outnumbered. Mm. So that's where you get this three fifth situation from. And I find it, I found something that was kind of interesting on like the, I think the Constitution's website, like learn more about the the usconstitution.org had this point where they said the ramifications if the north would have won slaves would have been treated like zero fifths but it's kind of like an inaccurate 
comparison because they were already treated like zero fifths of a person. The South didn't want to count them as one because they cared about listening to what they had to say and they were going to bring up their grievances and make laws accordingly. They wanted them to count to the population so they could have more representatives in Congress so they could get their shit off more. This sense of humans being property really you really need to make sure you understand what that means like people were treated like they were just tools and it's like you know what well they do bleed and they do have bones and they do recreate so like they count as they should count as some people so that we can get more reps just so that we can advocate further that we should be able to keep this institution so they would count the slaves votes and the slaves as somewhat people so they can get more reps in congress just so they can make policies that allow them to keep them and do more exploitation. Yeah, none of this makes sense. It's like, okay, we can't be citizens because of X, Y, and Z, or we're enslaved because of X, Y, and Z, but we can be counted towards the population. Uh, Okay, you say we're animals, you say we don't discriminate between who we would have sex with and blah, 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 but yet y'all are breaking the door down to rape black women left and right. It's like... Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> y'all just do anything. People can't, slaves can't, um, you know, defend themselves. They can't sue. They can't take anyone to court. But if they are took to court, they are punished to the fullest extent of the law, even more harsh because they're a slave. But you acknowledge as a slave, they have no rights to like, cons- like, it's just, it just doesn't make any sense. It's all set up to <laughs> It just end, doesn't make any loss. sense. And so that is how the uh, legislative branch, that's how Congress is kind of broken down and how we get these people that are making these laws. And it's also how, it, it also plays a role in the electoral college. That is kind of confusing for people. I know a lot of people know that this thing exists, but don't really understand what it is. So the Electoral College, how each state gets these numbers, is based off of the senators and representatives from their state. So uh, I believe Pennsylvania has 20 or 21 electoral votes. And so how that number comes about is they get two senators like every state does and then based off of their population they would get 18 or 19 so it's 20 okay so they have 18 um reps in the house of representatives and then they have the two senators so that's 20 people that they have in congress so pennsylvania has 20 electoral votes that's how that works that's how states um get those numbers and that's why like these swing states are important pennsylvania being one of them and so when you think about all right you have these 20 state votes then part of that is based on again the district that Mm -hmm. they represent and so when you go ahead and vote that district that you live in whichever candidate wins out in the election of that district is who gets the electoral vote from that state rep. 
So the state rep doesn't pick, it's just based on that geographical area, whichever candidate wins out, that's an electoral vote. Mm-hmm. And I wanna say, um, you know, black people and a white woman, you were counted in the population even though you weren't able to vote at all. So your personhood is still counted when there's just this kind of idea of like, honestly, just being a means. Like so many people are viewed at and treated as if they are just a means to these other people having power and being able to rule and being able to essentially do what they want and keep everyone else in a subjective place all the while screaming we're democracy we're a free country we vote for the laws like it's citizens first it's it's baffling to me um something else that i found that is really telling and goes into why it's so important to vote I think I mentioned this in the voting the voting episode that um, our the the Congress like the age is quite high. So the average age for um, people at representatives in the House of Representatives is fifty seven, and for the Senate it's sixty two. That's the average age. That means there are people in there way older than that for that to be the average age. Especially when you hear about these stories, think about how many, you know, there are a number of state reps who are in their 40s, even in their 30s. And there are a few who got in positions of power in their later 20s. But there are plenty of people who are in their 40s. And you think about, well, in order for that number to be so close to 60, there are people who are in their 70s, 70s, even 80s. who are helping to pass laws in an era that if you look at certain parts of psychology, when you talk about people in where they're, their their time frame of where they're from, not everybody can make that adjustment to be with the times. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, most of the people that are representing us were alive and a lot were even active during the civil rights movement. I'm not saying active as like a civil rights activist. They were active in their respective cities, states, maybe some were even like in Congress at this point. But they, their formative years are during segregation, are during crazy racism. Not that we're still not dealing with racism, but it's legal when they're growing up. It's justified when they're growing up. And even though people like to justify it today, there are a lot more people coming out and saying, fuck out of here with that shit compared to the 40s and the 50s. That was just, you know, common common life, everyday life. It was nature. It was, they're comfortable and that's what they're used to. And that's not changing. And if that's not telling enough, currently so those were that's the average age for the current um 116th congress that's it that's currently in session right now out of 438 representatives there are only 53 black people and out of 100 senators there are only three so put that in another number out of 538 people only 56 of them are black exactly yes um, I don't know how y'all feel about that, 
I personally think that's a problem. <laughs> I think yeah. that's an issue. And when you add in, you know, different aspects of gerrymandering, the reason I brought that up earlier, when we talk about the Electoral College and, you know, Republicans have been known to do this mm-hmm. and many accusations have gone out because these districts will get rearranged so that there's a higher portion of potential Republican votes in these districts so that, especially in cities, because a lot of, you know, bigger cities tend to be more progressive, slightly Mm -hmm. more in the liberal, democratic sense. Which isn't on accident, you know? Like, when you think about that, like, that's not just this weird, oh, why does that happen? Cities tend to be more diverse, more multicultural. There's more shit going on. You learn, you, you meet new people that might have varying backgrounds and ethnicities, or you just grow up kind of with them all around, you know? So it's not even this weird thing. It's just your neighbor, it's your classmate, it's whatever. So I don't think that's an accident that these cities tend to be, the people themselves, I mean, like tend to be more a bit more progressive and wanting diversity and things like that. And when you think about the founding of the country, a significant part of the founding fathers, the, the people who really made up the body of America early on in its existence, wanted it to be a rural place. Like, and when you look at certain aspects of, you know, current Republican, you know, way of going about things, like what they what their objectives are, you know, when you think about the people who represent small business and want to represent these real blue-collar type of jobs, a lot of this stuff tends to be rural types. And yeah, so there's this idea of... Um, early Democrats and even the earlier Democrats specifically, there was this idea that they and the founding fathers, they wanted limited um, kind of intrusion of like laws and governing of the state. So as a federation, states can move independently. They want to more so move independently and just be part of a group. When shit pops off, we can move together. But they really didn't want central government in their business at all. They wanted limited government, even to like an individual level. They wanted limited government trying to control people. Quote, unquote, that's why they left uh, England. It was just too much for them. It was too overbearing. Fuck out of here. We are not trying to deal with that. And so that's why you kind of see that they they wanted to work, they wanted to do their shit, and they didn't want to be bothered and, and you know, have to deal with the government really at all. Yeah, and that's something you can look up on your own in the 20th century when you mentioned that that was a very big democratic piece of the founding of America. But in the 20th century, many of those people shifted to be Republicans for a variety of reasons. Yeah, you meant, I think, first the 19th century? No, I meant like the 20th the 1800s. century. 1800s? When like democrat like the the Democratic Party that we know is forming, mm-hmm. what I was talking about, is the eighteen hundreds, and then yeah, you do see the shift, but this idea of wanting limited government is happening. Then it's happening in the seventeen hundreds. Oh, yeah, to be yeah, honest, yeah. yeah, the party is just from the founding that. of it. Yeah, but um, you know, looking at so just understanding how that works with how those electoral votes go how whether you choose to go out and vote or not you still count like even if you don't vote your vote actually counts your non-vote actually literally counts Mm -hmm. because that will sway what that electoral vote is in your district um 
You know, you mentioned this earlier about demac. De- oh my god, direct <laughs> democracy. Uh huh. And it made me think about J. Cole because he made this song. Uh, I think it was like last year or the year before that on his um, new uh, KOD album. And he talked about how, why can't I go on an app and vote for laws that I care about and how my tax dollars should be spent? And it made me think like, if I can file my taxes online, Mm -hmm. I can file my business online, like Mm -hmm. for my LLC. My stimulus check got gone, you know, got sent out through my um, IRS profile. I just use my social security number and the IRS who don't want to play about their bread. The hell no. <laughs> they don't want to play about their bread. They trust the internet. <laughs> exactly. Why can't I vote for things on an app or on the internet? It makes no sense. You think like this government, I mean, it's twofold. One, the whole hacking shit, I feel like if the US, like if the US government, I just can't believe it is easily hackable without it being an inside job or without someone on the inside assisting. I just, you're no one is going to convince me that someone can just fucking do that, you know, without any outside help, which is why the whole Hillary thing was so crazy because all these reports are coming out, which we kind of knew, but now like confirmed reports that Trump and his team had like dealings with the Russians and they were involved in the hacking. It's like, okay, but we can do all of this stuff online. And there is a way to ensure there's no voter fraud. Like, you can only do it once. Maybe it's timed. Who fucking knows? Y'all are doing enough tracking and whatever on our phones. You can fucking find a way to create an app that's going to be safe and secure for people to vote or at the very least, let people leave their damn jobs in peace to go and vote. Like, why it's not like you mentioned a holiday or whatever, whatever it has to be. If I get called for a jury duty, my job cannot tell me I can't go. I like that's something that I have to do as a citizen. You get called to do it, it's your civic duty. Why isn't voting? treated the same exact way you'd think with our country you know well i can't say it historically pushes voting because it certainly did not want Uh -uh. most of its citizens to vote but with our modern times you know in the last decade and two decades with this big push to get more people to vote why they would not make it easier and why like why that's not a federal recognized holiday they still recognize columbus day (laughs) They sure in the hell do. But I can't not work, or people can't not work, so they can go vote. Like, you got to find time off to go vote. I remember when I used to work for the county and I had a more mobile job, I would literally just, like, go vote while I'm at work. And that's because I have the luxury of being in my car when I was at work. Yeah. I just don't understand, like, today. We can't change the past, but today... There are all these issues, and it doesn't have to be like that. Like, the way that certain things are set up, like, in theory, the way that our government is set up could work if you eliminate, if you remove all of the corruption and the racism and 
and the classism because the poll tax situation while like North Carolina had that grandfather clause or whatever it affects poor white people people like low class I don't, I don't like saying low class that sounds fucked up but so does calling people poor but you know what I mean <laughs> what I'm, you know what I'm talking about it affects a lot of people and it doesn't have to be like this could actually be a great country this could actually be a working like democracy we could be one of the best countries but it's like the powers that be the people that are in congress are so consumed with holding down their position and in being in power they are not actually doing their job you know, this, like, like I mentioned, we elect our officials, so they will create laws for us that will allow us to move safely, but without being hindered by our government, without being repressed by our government. Yet people are on their fucking horse and they don't want to, they don't, it's not even just about not wanting to lead. They don't even want to fucking listen. <laughs> and so we're stuck with this shit and we don't have to be. Like, we don't have to be here. You know, you get state officials who are mediocre at best, and they can have these terms that go on and on and on. Because while the president can only serve two terms, there are different parts of government where you can serve as long as, as long people as keep as you voting you in. Yeah. And it's amazing at how many state reps, you know, different city reps who can stay on a ballot term after term after term Decades. and run nearly unopposed until... Often you find some really ambitious younger person who like wants to run against, and it's just crazy. Like because that name recognition sticks because often we don't want to do our research on that. So mm-hmm. it's like, well, I know this name. I don't know who this other name is, and I'm sure enough not about the research. Yeah, so I'm gonna like, just vote well, for the name I know. This name that I I don't even know what they do. I don't know what they stand for, but they've been here for the last five. They've won the last five elections. I'm gonna just vote for them again anyway. Who cares? And you know, speaking of that. It's also important to, like, when we talk about local politics, you may have heard this before. People talk about local politics matter so much. And you vote for a lot of different people. Like, you do. You, yes, you have your presidents. You have your senators, your state reps. But your state, our states have governors. Mm-hmm. Uh, like in Pennsylvania, we have Governor, governor Tom Wolf, who people have many feelings about, good or bad. Um, you have mayors of cities. I think you have mayors of counties. Mm-hmm. You have boroughs. And even in your borough where you live at, there are representatives of that. There is often a mayor of that borough. Yeah, and it's not just the mayor that you're voting for. And I know it sounds it sounds kind of stupid, but it is. You know, the farther away you are from a position, the less effect it really has. We get into this whole thing because the president is like the head of state. It's what everyone knows. It's the leader of our country. Let me also say, don't try to misconstrue what I'm saying. Go out and fucking vote in November. Like, vote for Biden. I know it's painful. I know. But that's just what we have to do. We cannot afford that man in that house any longer. But your local elections will affect you directly. See, I can say affect. Like, (laughs) like while talking and it doesn't matter they both sound the same you don't even know which words you're saying exactly (laughs) (laughs) um 
your local government affects you way more than the president will. There have been in Pittsburgh so many different uh, protests and, and, and political trying to create upheavals in during elections. So two instances of like how much power these can have and hopefully I don't get too deep into local po- I'm actually going to just talk about one. There was the killing of Antoine Rose II in, um, in Allegheny County outside of Pittsburgh. And so there's a DA, uh, Zapala, who has been there for a, for a bit of time, and people worked really hard to try to get him out. He ended up not getting out, but he had let the officer go uncharged and uh, mm-hmm. unconvicted. Well, I think he got charged, but he, went, he got to go unconvicted of killing this young black boy in the back. Like, he shot him in the back. And, you know, that kind of power has nothing to do with Trump, nothing to do with your, even your state reps. Like, that's the DA yeah. of your county mm-hmm. who is somebody, like, you could probably find his address. Yeah. Um, who gets to have that power. We're not recommending yeah, we're not strolling recommending. up, like, rolling up on their house. But also not, not recommending it either. <laughs> but, yeah, it's like the president can come out and say whatever he wants, but... Ultimately, these things come down to the local judges, to the local, you know, government. So those are the those are the things that we need to start with. You start from the ground up, you know, like you can fix the fucking top. Yeah, we can vote for Biden. But if the foundation is fucking shaky, then I mean, what are we doing? Like we have to fix that. You found that during Obama's term mm-hmm. or because the Congress was jaded against him, especially in the beginning of his term. For sure. Um, there was so many things that couldn't happen that he would have wanted to happen because he just does not have that much power. Like, yeah, they can sign executive orders, but those can be limited in scope. Yeah, I don't think people realize that. Like, the president could come out with all of these things that he wants to do, like Obama. But... If you have a Congress that does not support you, none of that shit will happen because they're the ones that are saying, okay, no, this is what we, like, they're creating laws and stuff as well. So if you have an opposing Congress, even with the most well-intentioned president, nothing is going to happen. Crazy thing about the balance of power that really Mm -hmm. does exist in the United States, it's just... The game gets played so well, it mm-hmm. doesn't feel like there's a balance of power. But yeah. the United States is set up in a way that, like, if Muhammad or Jesus himself was the president of the United States, if the Congress was not in support, they could not enact laws. No, they couldn't. And that's just, it's really, really something important to understand. Your local representatives, your state government, and your state representatives, and the people that become senators, like, those are important and that is how we will see change voting more people in that aren't there because that's just what they've been doing or they just want the name they're there to serve you know like elected officials are public servants but they don't act like a lot of them don't act like it and so and that's why it's kind of so inspiring to see someone like AOC who is taught who never is not talking about the people you know she is so like I'm here for a purpose and it's to serve 
the people in my district. That's mm -hmm. why I am here on their behalf. All y'all other niggas, I don't know what y'all are. Y'all are in there for your homeboy that owns this business behalf. <laughs> like, that's why y'all are there. Yeah. And that's not how it should be. Oh, and Republicans and even other Democrats will, can get at her because oh, of her yeah. background. And it's like, As this an woman insult. has an actual background that is much more akin to the American population than most of y'all. Which is, you would think, as representatives, I want to know that you were out here living like an ordinary person. Even so poor whites, she her background is much closer to y'all people yes. out in West Virginia and mm -hmm. Kentucky than anybody's in office for the most part. For sure. Uh, and that's important. You know, we have to kind of get away from this. Even someone, if you're going to hold a job, like I think about my job. It, anytime that I had worked for someone and the owner or the manager isn't willing to do what they're asking me to do in some capacity, even if it was like in the past, I don't tend to, I never really tended to stay at those places long. Because you are just concerned about being a leader. You're not actually thinking about this as a group. You, This is a hierarchy to you and you're at the top. And that's not how this should be. I need to know that if you are representing me, you walked in my footsteps in some aspect, you know, or you tried to learn. You're actually going to the community and not just to take a few pictures. You're going to the community to learn, to meet people, to figure out what their needs are. You're taking that in and then you're trying to reflect that in laws that will help the people that you just met, not just a cute little photo op because you have to, because you need to get votes, and then you never think about them or their needs again. Yeah, representing people is far deeper than having really good policy ideas. Mm -hmm. Like even when you think about the presidents of the United States or of any country, while you know in varying degrees they have as much power as a dictator, you know, Putin or, you know, yeah. the, the guy Xiao Ming, I don't know his name in China, <laughs> but any of these people who are like dictators versus like the Queen of England who's literally there for show these days. These because the English yeah. Parliament runs everything. Yo, She's figurehead. Can I just say, so I mentioned at another point, like my, you know, my dad is English. He doesn't really fuck with the royal family at all. Um... I just cannot believe that woman is still fucking alive. Like her and her husband. Like, yo. If I was their oldest son, is that Charles, the one that was married to Princess know, Diana? I would low key be salty. Because he should have been king by now if he wanted to be king, right? He's like in his fucking 70s. So by the time he becomes king, he'll probably only be there for 10 or so years, right? I just find that really, really funny. Like, they are still, and fucking Prince Philip, uh, her husband, is hanging on by a thread, but he, yo, he is not going out. When reading about, like, old empires and stuff, like, it's so weird to read about someone prince, and they're, like, 40. Oh, because, yeah. like, you associate you prince with, like, young, bachelor, mm -hmm. like, definitely somebody who's under 35. Yeah, well, he's a prince because he married... You know, she was the king's daughter, mm -hmm. uh, who wasn't even supposed to be. We don't need to go. There's like a that. whole conspiracy about that, or I don't even know what if it's even a conspiracy. If it's just outright fact, but there's like a whole thing about that royal family. Oh yeah, of course. I think the I'm not sure in like what respect you're talking about. There's also we can maybe close this out after this because this is crazy. 
uh, I don't know if you know anything about, damn, what are they called? There's an actual, reptilians. Oh, that shit. Are we going there? We don't have to. (laughs) (laughs) We're not going there. Maybe another time. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, to that point about having princes who are on there for a long time, um, some governments where there's dictators, you know, you get those rulers who ruled in their 20s. Mm-hmm. Like, I've always loved those stories. You became a pr- the king at 16 years old or at 20 years old. Mm-hmm. For some reason, they, they, sometimes they tend to live, like, a very long life. And it'd be like the dudes who became king at, like, 40 and 50 that don't live long. And it's like, damn, you got to be prince for, like, 40 years of your life. And, like, unless you were given a province to really govern, the only thing you could do is go get free food. <laughs> and so with that note, we are going to go get food, but we're going to go pay for it. Uh, for sure. Another black-owned business, so I'm cool with spending the dollars there, TBH. Yeah, so shout-out to them. Shout-out to you for listening. Hopefully you got some good uh, insight on how our government actually functions and why it's actually important for you to play a role in it. Because guess what? If you're listening to this podcast right now, the government in power does not want you specifically mm-hmm. to be participating in it. And another point, very quick, if they really did, they would make more of an effort to teach your civics classes a bit better so you actually understand what the fuck is going on in, in your role once you become 18. Like, think about it. You have to take state exams about all sorts of shit about geometry and atoms and molecules you near one question (laughs) there's no questions about how to vote how does the government i mean maybe there's something about the basics of civics but like you don't get you get to go into adulthood and not actually know this shit they don't test you and hold you back if you don't know i think they had started adding history to sats but I never, like, followed up because it wasn't a part of our SAT. Like, the it, we just had, like, the math and the reading and the writing was, like, sometimes. You didn't mm. even always have to count that. Oh, I got so bad on that. Really? I took that. No, took, my GRE writing was terrible because I was falling asleep. Oh, damn. I, I died. <laughs> I, took the, <laughs> I took the SAT twice, got the same exact score, Ooh. and said, um. No improvement. No improvement. I already I got, had it. I got. I just forget twice. I had a hundred and twenty point improvement on the two score. Oh, damn. No, on all. What was it? Two scores. I got a ten eighty the first time and a twelve hundred the second time. Nice. And I was like feeling myself. And with the writing, I had like a sixteen because my writing was meh. <laughs> Word. But, um, hey, make sure you like, subscribe, and share the Black Hoods podcast. DM us. Um, you know, follow our social media at. I mean, sorry, it's at the Black Hoods podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And Twitter, but don't really tweet us because we don't tweet a whole lot yet. <laughs> totally active on Instagram and Facebook. And you can also send us an email if you have some insights, some different articles, or some different information that we should know that maybe we can even share with our audience. Email us, theblackcodespodcast at gmail.com. Rate this podcast. Give us five stars. Hey, Please. make sure that we can pop Thanks. up on the algorithms, you know. Um, thank you for listening and being a member of our special family so far hey enjoy your day stay well it's time to eat bye